0: Hello and welcome to the Henrietta Christian Fellowship podcast. The notes for the sermons featured here can be found at our website, henriettacf.org. Also, on Android or iOS mobile devices, you can find them on the Uversion app. Just click on search for live events and enter our zip code, 14543. Without further ado here's this week's Who in my sermon. family and in my neighborhood or whatever I was praying for and what I was praying for them about, you know, and, uh, anyways, and just to watch as I put check marks, you know, next to the things where, where, God answered, you know, God did it. And, uh, and, you know, and things that were, that were produced in the lives of the people that, that I was praying for, you know, and it's an amazing thing to, you know, <laughs> this one guy across the street and he had never shown any particular interest in God, no matter how much I tried to talk to him. And anyways, uh, he hit a tragedy. You know, it was a real big deal in his family. And I don't remember the exact circumstances. And I might not share them, just out of privacy for the man. But uh, anyways, uh, and I said, really? I said, well, you know, what was the person's name? And he says, well, this, but why? I said, well, I pray for you every day. I said, so I'll, I'll pray for them as well. Long pause. You pray for me every day? I said, well, yeah, you know, I mean, I didn't, I didn't have, a, I was working a Teen Challenge at the time, and it, you know, I had 16 guys there, and, you know, and my family and my neighbors, and uh, so, you know, if you were lived within eight houses, I mean, I was praying for anybody I had a name for in your household, and, and you know, you wouldn't believe the open doors for witness that come from the, the possibility that somebody actually cares about you enough to pray for you every day, and so I'm going to encourage you, you know, that, uh, that those are, are powerful things that, that we can do. Now, uh, some things that are coming up, all right, let's, let's kind of, I got little scraps of paper here and there, Okay. Um, oh, one, this is uh, very important. Those of you that knew and loved uh, Jean Cupp, I've been trying to communicate out so that everybody knows, but she passed away earlier this week, and uh, they have uh, not uh, named the time that they're actually going to do the memorial service. Uh, Jean always, to- I mean, always said, Jean, I-, I just got to you know, stay in touch with you because if anything ever happened to you, I, I might not know. She says, uh, Don, you- you'll know. You're doing the funeral. I said, oh, okay, well, I know. So... Uh, <laughs> And I said, so anyway, she asked, oh, sure enough, you know, I get a call, you know, and they said, you know, she passed, and uh, you're doing the funeral. So anyways, um, so they're going to do a private burial service just for the family uh, later this week, uh, and then sometime after that, and they haven't named the time yet. I'm trying to get them to to nail down a date so we can start planning it. But we're going to do a celebration of life uh, of Jean Cub. And those of you that didn't know her, I'm sorry, you know. But if you did know her, you know why I'm telling everybody else I'm sorry you didn't get to know her because that lady was just... This blessing, Uh, you know. What can I say? I mean, short filter between brain and mouth, like other people that I know. But uh, but you know, so you never had to wonder what Jean was thinking, did you? You know, (laughs) anyway, because I have your business card now. All right, okay. Yeah, (laughs) her her kids made up a business card that does say instigator in chief. You know. So, anyways, um, but it's just you know, but. I just loved her she was she was like she was the age of my mom and uh anyways, but she was more like a sister to me and uh uh just the things that we did and uh you know the the moments that we shared in ministry were just just powerful and uh but just crazy little stories you know i mean things were uh, you know, you don't think anybody's paying any attention. We were just talking one time about life and everything. And I was talking about a moment in my daughter's life when she was about five years old. And we were working for Teen Challengers. meant you were making nothing. And anyways, and somebody paid for her to go to a, a fancy Christian school and everything. And so she gets invited to a birthday party. And anyway, so we put her Best Carter's uh, dress on her and everything like that, take her to this birthday party, and every girl in this party has one of these fancy party dresses. You, you, ladies, you'll know what I'm talking about, right? Okay, guys are going, what? You know, anyways, but, you know, they all had the little fancy party dresses on, except my daughter. And I, I stepped outside, and I wept. You know I mean? Because it was just, you know, it hurt. You know, it's just, I mean, not because, it's not the dress. It's just this feeling of, I would have liked to have given her that, right? So just... Five, six years later, just, you know, sitting around the office just talking about life and, you know, stories about, you know, times where you really felt like, you know, you really wanted to do more than you had done or anything like that, and I just mentioned this. Well, the following Christmas, uh, a box shows up in our house with three absolutely gorgeous little little party dresses for, for Sarah, you know. And, I mean, you know, and she had kind of this kind of— I, I, if I say abrasive, you're going to get the wrong picture here, but, I mean, she just said what she needed to say, and if you didn't like that, that was, hmm. Like Joyce Myers. Okay, there you go. I, I've had many people say she was my Joyce Myers. Yeah, and um, anyways, but you know, you, you don't realize that she also had that, that, that very touching side to her, and a uh, wonderful woman of God, and uh, so uh, I'll, I'll keep you posted on Facebook and email and in here as best I can, uh, you know, about the arrangements for her. Okay, we have Ladies Craft and Crunch coming up on the 20th from Ten till five, okay. Rather than five till ten, which I announced last week. But uh, anyways, uh, but ten till five. And uh, anyways, and so it's, you want ex- you, you want to explain it, or you want Natalie to explain? She's out back. You know, we could probably get her to do it. Hey, Natalie, you can explain it. All right. That's right. It, it, she, she's the inventor of this. Yeah. <laughs> the are today. I was gonna say, really, stand up. <laughs> no, right. Okay, that's good. That's a good description. Yeah, good. So, anyways, and that'll be here at at, at the church. Uh, I have not. I, I I still have to get to the weather prognosticators to figure out when we should go snow tubing. Oh. Uh, it's like, I I mean I we you might re- recall as of last week we scheduled a sledding party for the 31st of, of January and we had no snow. So, uh, you know, so I'm I'm trying to do better on the snow tubing. Okay, um, Ukraine team. Uh, we have our dates uh, now for the camp uh, in. Uh, uh, the mountains of Ukraine, that we'll be going to help with. Uh, it is uh, not the last week of, of July, but the second to last week, which uh, works well for me. I hope it works well for everybody. Uh, men's breakfast. Somebody help? 20th, okay. Does that sound like a familiar date? Yes, yes they're the same day. They're the same day, but they're, they're one after the other. That's right. We talked about this. Okay, yes. So the 20th? We're all friends. We're all friends. That's right. Okay, okay, good. <laughs> so anyways, the men's breakfast is coming up then. It's a great time. Uh, Kurt, you know, he's, you know, still working through, you know, the, you know, the, the disability from the injury to his neck and everything, but uh, at, at at a previous time in his life, he was a chef, okay, and once a chef, always a chef, he still knows how to sling some, some pretty good food, okay, so... Uh, absolutely yeah see yeah. yeah okay so we will announce the time <coughs> which is yet to be determined There we go. <clears throat> Phone rings about five in the morning. This is your wake-up call, you know. So, okay. All right. And then um, you'll see some flyers on, the, on the, the tables at the back door and at the front door uh, for the night to honor Israel. Always a good time. Whoops. It's made on slippery paper. Um, anyways, uh, but it'll be over at Bethel, and th- this is the tenth one that they've done. <clears throat> and, um, and it's just—it's always a good time. You know, basically, this is not an evangelism project. Uh, this is, uh, if nothing else, uh, a, a time of healing uh, for you know, the Jewish community in Rochester because, you know, the history of Christianity with, 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 with the Jews has not been good, all right? And, uh, you know, there's— um, and, and I'm not trying to say that we're the only people in the world, but, I mean, but it has not been good, all right? And uh, I remember the first one— And, boy, you want to see some very tentative-looking people, you know, sitting in a church sanctuary, uh, you know. And anyways, um, and they sat down, and uh, anyways, the night unfolded, and by the end of it, most of them were in tears. And and, uh, I talked to a few people, and they said, you don't understand, all my upbringing, all my experience in life, nothing prepared me. I did not know you people existed, you know. So, anyway, so uh, it's coming up on March the 20th, Okay, at 6.30 p.m. over at Bethel, uh, flyers on the back tables, so uh, please feel free to take one, um, and uh, that's a good thing. So, anything else I'm forgetting, team? No? Okay, good, good. uh, Ah, that's right, Wednesday Bible Study is is back in full swing, and... uh, Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, the food ain't bad either. Okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. And and just you know, you can come. You can come for the part. I mean, what you can't do is come for the food and the and the prayer and skip the Bible study in the middle. But uh, but like you know, let's say your schedule such or you know, you're coming out for for dinner and stick around for the Bible study, or come for the Bible study and stay for the you know it, you know just come for the Bible study. Just come for the prayer. I mean, you can you can take. You know, parts as, as you will that way. Okay, so I mean, uh, you know, come and 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 give it a try. It's it's a wonderful time, it really is. So, um, okay, I think we done did it right. Okay, so Father, uh, we thank you for the giving of your people, and uh, Lord for the joy uh, of giving. Uh, Lord, I pray that um, that giving would never become uh, a burdensome task for us. But Lord, something that uh, that we start to grasp, God is supplying. From my my first breath to this moment, everything that I have needed, and uh, it is joy uh, to imitate God and be a giver and uh, to give back to the Lord uh, a token, an evidence uh, that my life and everything that I have belongs to You, Lord. And so joyfully, uh, Lord, uh, I, I give back to You a portion of what You've given me. And uh, Lord, I, I pray uh, that You would rebuke the devourer for our sakes. And, uh, Lord, that uh, that when that devourer comes saying, this stuff doesn't belong to God, you'd be able to point to, to that giving and say, yes, it does. And, uh, Lord, we pray that, that your blessing be upon your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, all right. And oh, one, other, one other thing, uh, just I'm going to put this out back uh, on the bulletin board, but... Um, uh, Okay, if, if I get any of this wrong, you, you, you tell me, okay? But Laurie's daughter, Martha, has children that were kind of minus a grandfather. And so there was a guy, Ron? Ron, I met Ron, and, and he's been around quite a bit with him at, at special occasions around the church. And uh, anyways, and the last memory I have of him was uh, uh, Mina sitting on his lap, happy as pie, uh, on, the, on the hayride at, at the Harvest Hospital. He passed away uh, a bit ago, uh, but um, we offered to do a, um, uh, a memorial service, you know, for him, and uh, they're, they're going to take us up on that a little while later. Uh, you'll note in the card, car, and, and we just, uh, we don't make any fuss about it. She said, said that they're looking forward to, to, to us doing a mass for him uh, in the spring. God bless you. Come on out. You call it what you want. We're just going to do a memorial service. And, uh, anyways, but she sent a note and just says, I want to thank you all Uh, Thank all of you for the the wonderful prayers for Ron. I know he will uh, be uh, greatly missed forever. Uh, He would be so grateful for all the prayers. Uh, Lord's grandchildren and Martha's kids uh, um, meant the world to him. As soon as we get uh, good weather, we will all come and have a Mass for Ron at the church. So uh, we'll put this out back there so you can get a peek at it. And um, yeah, there we go. So, all right. So we've been talking about sanctification. All right. And that's one of those words I remember. Like, you know, when I first got saved, I got saved when I was about 19 years old. And uh, it took me about 18 months to, to find. I, just so, I didn't know y'all existed. All right, the idea that there was churches full of people who believed in Jesus and read the Bible and prayed and all that, I mean, it was just, I just, I'd never seen any evidence of it. All right, which probably not a good thing for the church, but I mean, but notice i never seen much of And that's why I'm always encouraging, you to get out there with the life that you're living and the, the word that you got to speak and speak it. All right, because, um, you know, it's, it's an important thing, but, you know, these words, sanctification, and, you know, and they would just throw these words around in church, and I was like, yeah, go for that, you know, and I had no idea what they were talking about, but as I dug into the Word and, and, and got to understand these things, you know, so, so we're sanctified, and uh, the three big ways that we're sanctified, there's lots of things in the Word of God that are part of our sanctification, but we're, we are sanctified by the Word of Truth, all right? We are sanctified by the blood of Jesus. These are previous messages the past couple weeks here. And this week we're going to be looking at being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. And again, I just, there's things that you'll hear me emphasize. It's not because I forgot that I mentioned it last week. It's just because I want to emphasize these things and through repetition, get them deep into our hearts, which is that it is an identification issue. There's a controversy over you in the heavenlies. Who do you belong to? Whose are you? All right? Uh, you don't get to be a standalone in this life. All right? Well, I just belong to myself, and I, you know, you're kidding yourself all right, and there's a controversy over you. Who do you belong to? And, uh, and so God is looking for the ones who are sanctified so that he can support them, just so you know. Second Chronicles sixteen nine, for the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. See, that's sanctification. Your heart is completely his. All right? and that's that's an evidence that I belong to God. That my heart belongs to Him. The, the the person you know, person doesn't even have to knock. You know, I mean, I remember the first time we had an because I, I came from you know kind of that kind of northern Germanic stock where, as as a person who lived at the house, I knocked okay at the door. Uh, you know, and then then I met my, my wife's family, and uh, after they got to know me, and I would knock at the door, they, they said, I thought it was the newspaper boy or something. What are you doing? Knocking? Get in here, you know, and you know does you know that there's this person you know you know this you know God you know, what it is, is that uh, if my heart is completely his, if my heart is completely his, he doesn't have to knock to come in. He does not need to send notification. He does not need to wait for an invitation. God comes and goes in my heart as he pleases. All right? Now, I think sometimes we make those decisions about who comes and goes from our houses based on how comfortable we are with them. I love God, but I don't know that I've gotten comfortable with him. All right, because when he comes, uh, it, it always makes me tremble a bit. You know? It always makes me kind of think about how are things. You know? Because you, you realize at some point when God starts to visit your heart and starts to, to, to speak to things. You know that thing where you know, the prophets come into town, you don't want to go to church that week because you're afraid of what he might say about you? Okay. Now, come on now. If you've ever been to church, they had prophets come. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you, come up here. <gasps> Hope he talks about the good stuff. (laughs) So, but whose heart is completely his. Now, that word completely, sometimes I like to look up words and just see what they mean. All right? It means complete in the sense of keeping the covenant of relation. Okay, That, that God has called us into a relationship with him. You know, through the the Word of Truth, through uh, the blood of Jesus Christ, okay, through the sanctifying Word of the Holy Spirit, God has called us into a relationship covenant with Him. All right? My heart is safely His. It is perfectly His. It is wholly His. It is fully His. It is this this decision about who I belong to as far as my heart goes. It's finished. I'm at peace. I'm walking in the covenant of peace, and, and my mind is, is settled on this issue. I belong to God. I'm his. God, my heart is completely yours. All right? God's looking for those. All right? His eyes go true and fro throughout the whole earth. Now, you might recall, and I'm not going to go deep into this, that there was somebody else who was walking to and fro on the earth among them. All right? And it wasn't God. All right? He was in the presence of God when he's talking about all this. But, but God is looking to support you, all right, to, to lend his strength to you to live out the life that, that he's given you to live. And we, we talked about this in youth group a little bit, and, that's, and it made its way into the message here. You know that, um, see, when your heart isn't altogether his, all right, th- there's this thing that makes it that way. It, it's called iniquity. And iniquity, it, just to, to make it simple here, is crookedness in things that are supposed to be straight. All right, and, and, and there's this crookedness that gets into our hearts, we don't think right. You know, we think people are enemies that are our friends. We think we're supposed to, to, to get everything when actually we're just supposed to get our portion. You know, we, we, there's a, a little iniquities. They, they, they get in there, all right? And see, when there's iniquity present, you know, it's, it's hard to really let your heart really be completely his. And one of the problems is that the crooked heart fails to become shocked or alarmed with the wicked thought. We're talking about this from Proverbs 5, 21 and 22. The ways of a man are before the eyes of the Lord. Okay, we're talking about the eyes of the Lord. And he watches all of his paths. Remember, he's seeking, right? He's, he's going to and fro looking for the ones whose hearts are wholly his. And listen to this: what it says about this in Proverbs. The ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he watches all his paths. Now, now it's going to switch over and talk to the, to the people he's looking at. His own iniquities will capture the wicked. His own iniquities, that crookedness, will catch you. And that's what we're going we're to we're really delve into. Lend the Holy Spirit. It's the sounds of life, folks. <laughs> We've all been there. All right, so let's see that iniquity, that, that, that failure to notice that that was, that that was not of God. That failure to notice that that, the way that, that, that that was going off in my heart wasn't from him. All right, it causes us to be easily captured okay? You know, evil can get working in us, and we can find ourselves having wandered a fair distance from God just because that iniquity made us not be shocked, not be alarmed when the wrong thing came. I used to, when I was working at Teen Challenge, again, you know, I would come across people where they were so deeply confused that it was hard to, un- you ever, you ever, you know, anybody had a grandmother who used to collect string in, the, in, their, in their junk drawer? Mine did. And anyways, and so you'd have to try to undo all that string try, and try to get it all into a straight thing then wind it into a ball and leave it there. And somehow by the next week, it was a mess again. But there were times in the way that people were thinking was so confused. And I was trying to think of something that expressed what was going on there. I said, it's compounded error. You know what compounded interest is, right? Well, you get one error on top of another error that leads to another error and you get to the place where there's such confusion there then I'm going to tell you what, I think it's only the Holy Spirit that's ever going to unwind that for you. All right, and we're going to go there in just a minute. All right, but uh, the Word tells us that, uh, you know, that that stuff that's going inside of our hearts, you know, we see the expressions of it on the outside. We try to figure people out, but uh, God and that person, the only person who knows why that person frowns and smiles. You know, because your heart, you know, it's this, this world, all right, and it can be a world of iniquity. All right? We don't want it to be. The desire for the things that God has said no to is the problem. All right? The Bible talks about the iniquities of the heart in Proverbs. Over in James, is going to talk about a person's own lusts. And that word own means, you guessed it, own. All right? You know, those things that you hold on to, and it's a... Neat word in, in, in Greek that really expresses it, epithumia, which are it's it's these cravings. These desires that we have a hard time saying no to. You know? I'm trying to learn to say no to sugar altogether, because it's bad for me. Alright? And it's, it's not as bad for other people as it is for me, but it's happy be really bad for me. And I mean, you know, that thing you're walking through the, the, the kitchen, that cookie's talking to you. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. You know, but see the same thing, you know, the same thing applies you know, to, to other things that, I mean, yeah, you know, too much sugar is going to take me home to see Jesus earlier than I was hoping, but, uh, but you know, but there's other things that are, are of graver consequence because, you know, they actually corrupt my life and and, and are going to ruin me, all right? But, see, there's this thing about ownership. We were talking about it before. Who's, who, who's, who do you belong to? Who does your life belong to? Who does your heart belong to? All right? and um, And so... This issue of ownership, what do I own? All right? Run the bank! Nobody's running for the doors. Okay, so I'm going to guess that that was a, 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 a lust, an epithumia, you know, one of those desires for things that God has said no to. There's not prevalence in the, in the congregation. I don't see anybody getting that itchy look like i got to get out of here. All right? Because, you know, it's not, it's not one you own. Well, let's face it, folks, on the way home today, you know, by the time we put our head on the pillow, we're going to come across things that are going to tweak at, you know, those things that haven't quite been dealt with yet. We still, we still own them. That's why we still have them, all right? The things we haven't yet let the Lord in to deal with. And uh, it's those things that become the problem, all right? And uh, so over here, being brought there's this whole idea that, uh, you know, that those are the problems. But what's the solution? Being brought out being separated by the word of truth, makes us his. He brought us out. Okay, James 1, 12 through 18. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. Once he's been approved, accepted in in this sense, okay, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. You've seen some of these themes that are here. You realize we're talking about it again. Let no one say when he's tempted, I'm being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. But... Each one is tempted when he's carried away and enticed by his own lusts. See, it's those desires for things that God said no to that you hang on to. I remember one time there was a guy, and uh, he was getting rid of his drug paraphernalia, uh, you know, because he received Jesus, and he was getting rid of it. And, and, he, and he's throwing all this stuff out and breaking and throwing the garbage, and he came across this one, and I can't remember exactly what it was. I just know it was made out of glass. And he kind of paused for a minute, and he wrapped it up, and he put it back in the box. I said, what are you doing? Oh, well, I'm saving that just in case. And I don't think he'd finished that sentence in his own heart yet. I said, just in case what? Just in case you backslide? Just in case you turn away from the Lord? Just in case you died to trample the blood of Jesus under your feet? You're, that, you're just saving that for that, that day, maybe? He looked at me, he looked at me, he looked in the bag, and he took it out and broke and threw it away. We will go through that process over and over again. You know, sometimes we're mad at somebody. Oh, do we cherish that? Because if I stop being mad at him, they get off the hook. The oh, way Jesus went to the cross for this, I think, and he said, if you don't forgive people, then neither will your heavenly Father forgive you yours, right? So, I mean, that can be an iniquity, all right? One of these things that, 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 that tempts me, that draws me away from God. God is unfair. He expects me to forgive this one. Oh, how can he expect that from me? Well, let's have a discussion about that at the foot of the cross. I think the, the, the answer becomes evident. Then, when lust is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and when sin is, accompli- is, when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. Don't be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good thing, every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. In, listen to this In the exercise of his will, he brought us forth. He sanctified us. He brought us out. He separated us. He severed us from other people. He took us from the life that we were living and put us into a new place. He took us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of His dear Son. All right. He brought us out. All right. And so, in the exercise of His will. By the way, when God wills, all right, going to happen. All right. In the exercise of his will, He brought us forth by the word of truth, so that we would be a kind of first fruits among His creatures. Okay, first fruits, that's the first thing that the, 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 the plant bears. Okay? Now, that's a new sort, if you will, comes forth because God willed it. God drew us out uh, to set us apart for himself and to make us something that uh, the angels hadn't seen yet the redeemed. They'd, we, they'd sung about it, you know, because Israel would be redeemed before an enemy or something. But this was a shadow of things to come. That God was going to redeem us from all this thing and make us a first fruits among his creatures. So again, being sanctified, All right, we talked about this in previous messages and we're going to jump into the rest of it in just a minute here, but it means to be set apart, to be clean and prepared for God to use. All right? I, I won't give the example because there are ladies present, but, uh, but what it was, there was a sermon that I preached at Teen Challenge a long time ago and it was about a book, bucket that had been used for something pretty disgusting and, and anyways, and I... And I Imaginarily brought it in, set it down in front of the, the guys, and uh, anyways, and I said, If I dumped that out and filled it back up with water, would you take a drink? And they all went, Woo, woo, you, know, uh, you know, and I said, I said, Okay, well, what if I washed it and rinsed it out a couple of times, you know, and, and, and we went through this whole, you know, kind of thing, what would I have to do to this bucket before they would be tempted, if they were really thirsty, to even take a sip, all right? And, uh, and then I set it aside and I said, Look, then please help me understand why you're addressing the need of your heart with a tablespoon and wondering why God doesn't visit more powerfully. You know, I mean, please understand, you know, God is desirous of drawing us out and cleansing us and making us ready for his use. All right? And I believe he's doing that. I believe he's doing that in our lives. Okay? So why am I preaching on if he's already doing it? Because there's more. There's more! You know? I'm glad there's more! Right. There's times when you get done with the laundry and you're just glad it looks clean and you put it in the closet, right? But you know, then there's this other cleansing work that deals with deeper issues, and uh, we're glad there's more. We're glad there's more. You know, that stain that we thought would never go away. You know, like a garment that we've given up on, we throw it out. God does not throw us out. God will deal with that stain. It means that you're chosen. Means that you're given a special place and given special care. All right, I was, I was reading through and doing the you know through the Bible in the year thing, and, and we're talking about Joseph when he received his brothers down in Egypt, and how Benjamin, you know, he says, well, they gave him all the poor. he gave him five times as much. He gave him a special place. What I want you to understand is that, you know, before God, because you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and because you're desirous of being close to him and being set apart for his use, you know, we're to we're to seek this sanctification, by the way. It's not just going to be, you know, coming rolling down the street, get forced on us, you know. I mean, uh, you know, we're, we're to seek this, all right. And as we seek this, I want you to understand: God is desirous of, of of setting us apart and giving us special provision so that we'll be equipped for every good work, all right. So, so there, when we talk about sanctification, though, there's times when you're going back and forth between scriptures, and if you can make this clarification, it's helpful, all right. Sometimes what the Bible's talking about is positional or what's called definitive sanctification, in other words. Um, you know, I gave the example last week of the president of, of, uh, chairman of the board of uh, Ford Motor Company calls me and says, you've just been uh, named the, the, the president of the company. Uh, you know, do you accept? And I'm going, who is this really? You know, I mean, but, but if it really is th- that person, they have the authority to make me this, and so if they call me that, from the moment I, re- I accept it, I am the president of Ford Motor Company. How many people here understand that I have no idea how to be the president of Ford Motor Company? All right? I, I, don't, I don't even have the necessary skills to be the president of Ford Motor Company. I'm going to, you know, but, but see, all the resources of Ford Motor Company then, you know, come into play here and uh, for your sanctification, all the power of heaven, you know, all the grace of God, you know, is, is poured out on your behalf to, to, to cause you to walk in what you've been given positionally. All right? So it's immediate. Positional sanctification, it is immediate. Jer- Jesus already accomplished it for us on the cross. All right? But then there's this practical, experiential thing. It's a gradual outworking that we spend the rest of our life here working out. All right? And I loved what you shared at the Bible study, uh, Jim, you know, about that. You, you come to that place of uh, teleos, uh, teleological teleos. Telios, telios, this place of perfection, you come to it at the last moment. All right? You know Jesus used the term, on the cross, it is finished. It is complete, it's perfect. You know, and so throughout the course of our lives, we're going to be heading that way. Paul, at, at an amazing moment in his life, says, not that I consider myself to have attained. And you're going, what? <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about, Paul? Of course you've attained. All right, but, cause, well, because if he hasn't attained, man, what does that do for us? <laughs> okay, he's been shipwrecked, he's been left for dead, and, you know, serving Jesus, and I think, and how, he hasn't attained? But this gradual outworking to spend the rest of our life here working on, Okay? We're not trying to earn it. Okay? Please, please surrender the idea that I'm going to earn my sanctification. If I behave myself good enough, God will sanctify me. No. It's already sanctified you. Now just walk it out. Walk it out. You know, take hold of what he has given to you and live it. All right? Um, And it will be completed on the day we leave this life to be in his presence. Okay? So that was just the setting. And we're going to move rather quickly through the rest of this, but Take a hold of the promise of a new nature. All right? Sometimes, you know, I, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm all that stuff. You know, like I'm German and I'm Irish and I'm, you know, and all, you know, it's like, you know, and, you know, well, you know, I Irish, you know, and I mean, but it's like, wait a minute. I'm a partaker of the divine nature according to the Bible that I read. All right? But let's, let's see the words that surround that idea. Second Peter 1.4 by these by these promises okay these great and precious promises he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises so that by them you might become partakers of the divine nature that you may you may you may become you may become partakers of the divine nature got to make sure Zach Ross get this too okay i'll be back so you may all right you may become partakers of the divine nature all right God has laid this out before you by his love because of his care for you, because you're chosen by him. I was always the last guy I got chosen for any 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 you know, pickup team and everything, because I was always the shortest kid, you know, my age bracket and that sort of thing. So they always picked me last. And, and then, you know, you're playing street football, and they always say, You play the line. You know, you know what that means. <laughs> right, you know. So but to understand something in this, in this thing about sanctification in Christ, I want you to understand, you've been chosen. You've been chosen. And because you cho- you may become, you may become, all right, a partaker, somebody who has the divine nature, okay, that people begin to recognize something about Jesus in you, all right, almost without words. And I'd say, I'm not discouraging you from using words. Obviously, I use words. But, uh, but, but what I'm saying is that, that just, just by your presence and your demeanor and by uh, the anointing that's on your life, people begin to perceive so there's, there's something about God about you. I knew you were different. Do you get those kind of little things people say? You may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. That same thing was talked about over in James, the same thing was talked about back in Proverbs. I want you to understand, it's the same things being talked about here. Is that you have the authority in Jesus' name to escape the power of these desires. You do not have to live... Uh, your life under the, the slavery to those things. Paul said, I, I'm not gonna, I am not going to be a slave to anything that I allow in my life. We are sanctified by the indwelling and ministry of the Holy Spirit, Romans 15, 15 through 16. But I've written very boldly to you on some points so as to remind you again, because of the grace that was given me from God to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles, ministering as a priest uh, the gospel of God so that my offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable Sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Okay, this is the mark of your acceptability before God. This is the mark that God has, has chosen you and has received you. Is this this work of sanctification? You, you are sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Now, this thing about being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Whew, let's slow down for a minute and get out of study mode here for a minute and start to understand. The Holy Spirit is, is the third person of the Trinity. Okay, that sounds pretty didactic and classroomy, but to understand that um, Jesus said, it's good for you that I go away. These people have walked with him for three years. They knew Jesus. They hung out with him. They watched him do miracles. And he says, no, it's good for you to go away because if I don't go away, the Holy Spirit won't be, be poured out, you know? And so to understand, you, 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 you need the Holy Spirit. He'll, he'll, he'll always be with you, all right? And we are drawn into a relationship with God by the work of the Holy Spirit it's not possible apart from, from the work of the Spirit. All right? That, you know, that this idea of being sanctified or set apart for God by the Holy Spirit came to dwell in us. He's in us. Now, you may experience this in all different kinds of ways. Some people experience it as words. Some people experience it as feelings. But when the Holy Spirit came in, suddenly things that didn't used to bother you started bothering you. Things that... Uh, you didn't care for, suddenly you liked. There's something, something, there's a change going on inside. People that I used to hate, suddenly I, I didn't hate them anymore. I, I honestly loved them. Uh, you know, things used to, to just infuriate me. And, uh, you know, and I, and I found the, the ability to lay those things down. Uh, there was something going on inside of me, and in all honesty, I couldn't explain it. Um, other than I knew it was God. You know, if you just asked me at the time, it just was, I just know it's God. I just know it's, it's Jesus. Jesus is doing something. How he's doing, I didn't get. You know, this idea of how the, the Holy Spirit came, and they, they apparently they didn't cover that the night I got saved. All right, but, uh, but the, the Holy Spirit was now living in me and that I was set apart and God had a purpose. God wanted to use me to do things. All right, just in, in the way he did that is he put his Holy Spirit in there to, to motivate that to happen. The presence of the work of the Holy Spirit is the marker. Well, you got the Holy Spirit, the questions about, who, about this, they, they, they end. All right, because you might remember Peter, you know, minding his own business, hanging out on the rooftop, and, uh, you know, sees the sheet let down and a bunch of unclean animals and rise, killing eat, and, you know, and then he's told to go to Cornelius' house, and uh, anyways, and you have to understand this is against everything that he's been taught. All right, he's going to go into the house of not just a regular old Gentile, but a leader Gentile, not only a leader Gentile, but a soldier, okay, uh, you know, these are the people that, that have been uh, oppressing us, and I'm supposed to go to his house, and um, so he goes there, because, you know, the angel tells him to go, and so he goes, and um, he gets in, and he says, okay, so I know I'm supposed to be here, and uh, Cornelius tells him, "Well, I was told that you're going to give us some words about eternal life and everything." And so, so he starts ministering the gospel to him. He doesn't even God didn't even wait for him to finish his presentation. Amen. You know, it'd be like the Holy Spirit falling right in the middle of my sermon. You know, Amen. I mean, it's like, okay, I, I mean, you know, he's, he, 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 while I was yet speaking, the Holy Spirit fell on them like He did on us. Hallelujah. And so, if God accepted him, who was I to stand in the way? Amen. All right, so so they baptized him. Oh my. There's a little backwards around. He got filled with the Holy Spirit and then got baptized. What? You know, what? So he gets back to Jerusalem and he gets called into question. You went to... We haven't even gotten to the good part yet. You went and ate with those Gentiles? You know, you're not supposed to be doing that. All right? And uh, so they, they loaded up all their reasons and traditions and teachings and everything. And he says, well, yeah, but when God poured out the Holy Spirit on him, I figured, you know, what was I supposed to do? And here's what it says. When they heard this, they quieted down, glorified God, and said, well then, God has granted the Gentiles also the repentance that leads to life. <laughs> the argument is over. Right? There's no argument once the Lord pours out the Holy Spirit. Well, I want to talk about this a little bit on the manifestation side of it, is to say that, look, you know, there's, there's things that the Holy Spirit is desiring to do in and through you. And uh, remember going back to this issue of ownership, who do you belong to? Well, when you start doing what the Holy Spirit is showing you to do, the debate ceases, okay? The debate ceases because you're marked. You got the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is manifesting himself in you, and I've had so many experiences just mess with my theology all day long that I'm trying to stay out of theology here for a moment, and just talk about so, some spiritual reality of, of all this, but I mean, God was using me by the Holy Spirit to do things that you know, you normally associate with somebody having been baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I hadn't yet, and there I was, and God was just using me with all these, these spiritual gifts and things. And I mean, and, and I'm not talking about you know the thing I tell you—it's it's not you know I take the shoes off for the sake of people, clean the place, but you know, it's not like uh, you know I'm up here and you know on this big crowds gathering, and I, no, I'm just talking about you know one-on-one ministry to to people where you know just suddenly I knew the answer to something that I didn't know anything about. And I told him, And they go, how'd you know that? I go, I didn't. (laughs) What do you mean you didn't? You just told me. I said, yeah, that was from God. I said, I got to tell you, God didn't want you impressed that I knew it. He wanted to be sure you knew he knew it. You know, reveal the secrets of people's hearts. So here's, rejoice that God has marked you and let the Holy Spirit work on you. Rejoice in it. You know, God, thank you that you have marked me. Thank you that you have labeled me as your own. Understanding that in this life, we all know, at the point where people understand that you are really serious about God, the heat gets turned up, all right? You know, people have this way of wanting to needle you a little bit about that, or pick on your, find something that you did that doesn't quite line up with what you said. And uh, and, uh, I I used to resent that. Then I started realizing, no, this is evidence of something. This is evidence that God is doing a work in me. (laughs) They're seeing it. And, and they went, attack! You know, it's like, okay. <laughs> and then they feel motivated to want to come after what God is doing tells me is something God is doing. It's something God's doing. God's doing this. All right? So, 1 Corinthians 6.11. Such were some of you. It goes through this whole list of things that you're going, oh, my word, they did all that stuff? Yep. Such were some of you. But You were washed. You are sanctified. You are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Spirit of our God. All right, we've, been, we've talked about this first part. Now I want to talk about the second part of it, which is being washed, okay, and, um, you know, being sanctified and being justified by the work of the Holy Spirit in you. Okay? You know that situation you've never quite been able to get right and, you know, you've never been able to get the victory over it and all that? You know, inviting you know, take the word. Say, Spirit of God, I pray, come upon me and wash me. Cause there's stuff that's here, and I've been working on it with Bonami all morning long, and I can't seem to get that stain out. I tried Biz. I've I've tried everything I know, and you know something? I ain't any better for for all the effort that I put into trying to get free from this thing. Spirit of God, I pray, come and wash me. Now, be prepared. Sure so got to wash you. All right? Now, here's the, the thing you got to be careful of. Don't shrink back when he starts washing away stuff you're hoping to keep. Okay? Because it might just be a few things in there you're kind of hoping he'd leave around. It's like, it's like asking somebody to clean my junk drawer. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, and it's, you know could you organize? Like, yeah. okay, she's here. Kai, it'd be like asking you to come straighten out my junk drawer. You're asking which one. I know. You know, but anyways, but, you know. <laughs> And I just say, have at it, Kai. You know, it's, it's a mess, and I don't want it to be a mess anymore. And I see you throwing off some of my favorite junk, and I'm going, hold on a minute. Hey, <laughs> whoa, I'm not sure, you know, it's, ah. Uh, okay. Holy Spirit, you say, wash me. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to tell you that all you're going to do is take care of the stuff you're hoping you take care of, you am gonna leave the other stuff alone because you, you know, but Holy Spirit doesn't care a whole lot about your opinion. Okay, thank you. And that's that. That's that's what makes Kai precious. Okay, in the end, she knows what's right. She she ain't gonna listen to my opinions. She'll throw that stuff out for me if I asked her to, but she's not gonna come busting into my house and say, "Let me have that drunk drawer." All right. She needs to be invited. She needs to be asked. Thank you. <laughs> Nightmares. Oh, I, I dreamed Kai was coming through the door and she was heading from a junk drawer. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit comes and he washes. I invite him to come wash. I invite him to sanctify you. You know, Now that you're getting a better understanding about this, it's like, God, I understand that there are some things that you're going to pull me out of in order to make me yours. Pull me out. Pull me out. Okay? And, and when you come up to that one and you're having a hard time with it, keep praying, all right? Because, you know, that's an important one. You know, sanctify me, you know? If there's things that are in the way, uh, Lord, let's get them out of the way. Uh, if there's commitments that I need to make and stand with, show me what they are and enable me. Give me a heart to seek you. God has chosen us from the beginning to be sanctified by the Holy Spirit. 2 Thessalonians 2.13. But we should always give thanks to God for you, brethren beloved by the Lord, because God has chosen you from the beginning for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and faith in the truth. God did not decide last Thursday to, to, to this was going to be yours. Understand, God knew you before you were born. He knew you are coming before your parents did, all right? And he, he, he destined you for this, all right? God does not have a plan B, all right, for his, his children. Just a plan A, and he's inviting you into it, all right? Cultivate the walk of the Holy Spirit that sets us apart. Hebrews 12, 14 through 15. Pursue peace with all men, and the sanctification. Pursue the sanctification as well, without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, and by it many be defiled. All right? 1 Peter 4.10. As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. All right? Go back up. See to it. We're being told, right? You and I are being told. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God. I think we have pretty much, in our circles, viewed that as a solitary thing. I need to be careful that I don't come up short. But that isn't what it says. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God. Well, but wait a minute. That's God's grace. You know, doesn't God just minister that? Not according to this scripture, 1 Peter 4.10. Each of you has a gift, a charisma, a, a, a thing that God desired to empower by his Holy Spirit, and it says, employ in serving one another as what? Good stewards, or distributors, by the way that word is, of the manifold grace of God. I do have ever thought about this, but when you have a brother or sister that's struggling in this walk with the Lord, one of the things you can do is you can come up alongside of them and minister the grace of God to them using the gift that God gave you. Maybe it's encouragement. Maybe it's cookies. I don't know. You know, maybe it's word of knowledge. Maybe it's word of wisdom. I don't know. Maybe it's prophetic. Ah, you know. No pedestals for the prophets, okay? All right? But, uh, you know, places of humble service. That's all we're looking for. Where we can come off alongside of each other and encourage each other as, as, as God gifts us. Because that's the Holy Spirit working in us. And the Holy Spirit's going to work through us. He set us apart for this purpose and given us a gift, given us that opportunity with that person. And now we get to minister something that came to us by God's grace. We minister to them not as, well, hi, <laughs> I'm Pastor Don. Why, you know, I've got wonderful gifts and I'm just here to bless you. you know? No, no, that's not what we're talking about, okay? No, 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 no. It's like, look, you know, I, my name's Don, and, uh, you know, I, I, you know I'd, I'd like to encourage you. I, I believe God has something for you. And, uh, you know what I'm saying? All right, it's a little different kind of thing. All right, so the, the emphasis is not on me and how, how, how great I am. I think, you know, the, the, how, how great thou art, you yeah. know. Anyways, <laughs> um, but it's, but to say, you know, that I'm going to just be used as this distributor, this, this means, this, this channel, this vessel through which God ministers his grace to another person in life-changing ways. Alright? So, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Now, those of you that are getting ready to serve communion, get ready. Alright? If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. It's okay? And then down here in, in Galatians 5, 16 and 17, it says this, but I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Alright? And we're going to give you a little definition on that in a minute. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, for these are in opposition to one another. Ever feel that inside? so that you may not do the things that you please. Walk in the Spirit so that you won't carry out what? And what it is is the cravings of our human nature with all of its frailties. You know, if I walk in the Spirit, Pastor Don, what does it mean to walk in the Spirit? Figure it out for the rest of your life. All right? Uh, it, it means to, to, to be obedient to what the Holy Spirit is leading. It means to be uh, you know, in the Word so that the Holy Spirit can raise it off the page to you. It means being in prayer so that God can, can, can hear your words and, and, and respond and so that he can speak back to your heart things that, that reveal to you that his purpose is for you. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast brought to you every week by Henrietta Christian Fellowship located at 1085 Middle Road in Rush, New York. If you have a prayer request or a need, we want you to know that we're here for you. Please send us an email at henriettacf at gmail.com. That's henriettacf at gmail.com. Once again, thank you for listening and God bless.